I believe the Lord put on my heart to, to minister on the subject of love for these few weeks. And um, one of my first pa favorite passages concerning love is, you know, when you look at Paul and when, where he wrote in 1 Corinthians, if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's talking about uh, what, well, some translations of the Bible call the gifts of the Spirit. That's not my favorite thing. It really is ways that the Holy Spirit shows up, right? So the Holy Spirit, Jesus went to heaven and he said, uh, it's going to be so much better for you because if I don't go, he can't come. But if I go, he can come. And uh, in other words, I am just like God is living on the inside of one human being right now by the name of Jesus when he was on the earth. Uh, but God didn't want to limit that. He wanted to be able to work through every single person who would turn to him and allow uh, him to recreate them so he could come and live on the inside of us. So that instead of every one of us having to go to a physical human being, that God himself could come and live on the, every, on the inside of every single one of us. So instead of Jesus alone being the one who's anointed of God, and has God living on the inside, and is hearing from God, and is directed by God, and has the abilities of God, that those uh, realities would come on the inside the heart of every human being who would allow God to come and be their Lord and be their Savior. It'll change your life. It'll change your life forever. So, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's talking about the workings of the Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians or chapter 14, then he goes on to talk about how when some of these uh, ways that the Holy Spirit uh, communicates and demonstrates when they come up. But what is he? He couches in between those two things. He said what? 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, the great love chapter, he said, you know, uh, you gotta, you've got to walk in love. You've got to understand what love is, the love of God is. Why is that? Well, because in the church at, at Corinth, man, they loved the Holy Spirit and they would yield to the things of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but they uh, went so far as there were people doing things that really weren't from the Lord and weren't from the Spirit. And so Paul is saying, okay, this is all good. Don't forget about all this stuff. But really the core foundational part of all of these things is who God is, and that is love. God is love. And so if you're going to see the love of God, if you want to know, is someone allowing God to speak through them, or are they acting like God would have them act, well, you can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8, because if it is God initiated and God yielded to, it's going to show up like that. Now, we're not perfect. Uh, we all have flesh and uh, different things that we uh, would give into that sometimes we're aware of uh, and we regret it, and sometimes we're not aware of it. Uh, I love um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, I think it is, where Paul said, My conscience is clear. I've checked my conscience and it's clear, but my conscience is not a good judge. God will be my judge because I think I'm doing what's right, but God will really tell me if it is. And then Psalm chapter 19, right at the end of the chapter there, Paul, I mean, excuse me, David, he said, you know, Lord, you test me, you try me, you see if there be any wicked way in me. Why? Well, because you're not the best judge of yourself. We have, we, we know in part and we prophesy in part, or we speak uh, inspired things that the Lord gives us, and we only know part of it. So there's not one of us that, that is like, uh, that we know as we're fully known, but we just yield to the Spirit of God. Uh, and when He shows up, everything that He does is perfect um, in its origination. 
but perfection has to flow through imperfection. That's me. I'm not saying that's you. <laughs> of course it is. You know, it's you and me. Uh, but that perfection comes through imperfection. So uh, even though it's perfect coming from God, uh, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So what does that mean? Well, that means that it, the Lord could um, move in my heart and say, you know what? I, you see that one? I want you to. I want you to buy their groceries. I want you to take care of them. Well, he's not going to force me to do that. I, I have free will and a choice because I have become a child of God by turning my life over to Jesus by choosing to turn away from things that I could do myself, my self-centeredness, things that I just want me, 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 or even things that other people would suggest to me or that the world system would say, okay, this is how you need to live. This is what you need to accept. No, I've turned away from that. I made a, a conscious decision as an act of my will to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to turn to Jesus, even though my head might not comprehend all of that. I'm not going to live by the dictates of uh, what my flesh wants to do, the desires of my flesh. That is so shallow. You know, the Bible actually says uh, sin is satisfying, but just for a moment. And so I want something that has so much more depth. And uh, I was speaking to somebody earlier this week, and I said, you know, it's amazing. If you think of the people that you're long-term, uh, you most want to be around. Well, when I think of that for myself, it is people of deep godly character in other words they have godly character and it has some depth to it it has some holding power to it you only get that by really uh reading the word and taking it eating it in your heart and then uh you know praying get in the presence of god because that deep godly character uh, when you're around people and everyone else is talking bad about somebody, everybody else is running somebody down, and you have that one or two people, just a few people, who refuse to do that, but they allow the love of God, who God is, to really uh, be part of their speech, be part of their thoughts. If you want to be part of your speech, first it has to be part of your thoughts. If you're, if you're thinking these things, you know, you're like, well, I'm just going to say the right thing, but, but I don't really like them, and they really annoy me and you know they're just going to fail i just see them as a failure uh, that's not really letting the love of god flow through you you've got these imaginations and these thoughts of what uh these people would produce apart from god you're seeing them apart from god but but we need to see people through their union with christ like what happens when god shows up in their life in my own life when i've had um challenges with uh, sometimes just different personalities. Sometimes you, you kind of would butt heads or disagree uh, in situations. You know, I, uh, for myself, I just I plead the blood of Jesus over them. And it's funny, when I first started saying that, that didn't mean much to me. Uh, but really, when I'm saying that, what's in my heart is, you know, the power of what Jesus did on the cross. When he was on the cross, um, you know, we've been doing this series on Sunday for several weeks actually a couple months now and uh, Jesus said if I be lifted up I'll draw all men unto myself and when you see him on the cross uh, Paul said by the Holy Spirit that we as believers we were on that cross with him and so what did he have put on him on that cross well think of yourself which part of you went to the cross with Jesus I'll let that sink in well I'll tell you the first parts of me I know that went to the cross with Jesus were my inabilities, 
my mistakes, my failures, my sins, and but not just that. Because it'd be one thing if, you know, I messed up and I sinned and, and, and did this, and he took that, and thank God he, he took that. But it's a whole other thing that the nature of a sinful person, I no longer have that nature and you no longer have that nature. As soon as you uh, receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, the Bible says that you, you get a second birth, you're reborn. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone be in Christ Jesus, Amplified uh, Translation actually says, if anyone be engrafted into Christ, he is a new creature. That means you, your source of living, your source of life, and your nature. One translation says, if you have been refathered from above, right? So if any man be united to Christ, you've got this new life flowing into you. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have uh, come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. That word for life is the Greek word zoe, which literally means the same life that God has, the same nature of God, that God is and has. That comes into the believer when they are united with Christ. And when we're united with Christ, that is then his life comes to live in us and flow through us. Uh, so much so, that Paul said that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will live in our bodies and make your bodies live, right? So your body was not designed for death. Your body was designed for life. So when sickness and disease come, uh, uh, lack and inability, even in physical things, lack of strength, uh, if you're wore out every day, that is not the, the plan of God. And Jesus paid the price that none of us would have to let that dominate us, right? We don't have to let that call the shots. So he came to set us free and he came to set us free from the dominion of Satan and every demon and evil power, but also to set us free uh, from ourselves and our old way of thinking. Sometimes people say, well, you know, it's the devil doing this, the devil doing that, you know. Well, I had, I've had different situations. I remember one particular situation. Uh, I uh, was ministering to some people, went to minister to them. And um, man, I just really, it was one of those times when the Lord really put on my heart. I knew exactly uh, ahead of time, you know, this is, this is what's going on with them. And this is what you need to minister to them. And so um, uh, I showed up and... Man, uh, none of, that was like there was a door closed to access any of that stuff. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? Why, why can I not access this? And uh, I wasn't really sure what was going on. And I um, finished my time there, and I'm driving home. As soon as I uh, get in the car to drive home, uh, man, I just had a knowing in on the inside of my spirit. And it was this. You did not take authority. Oh, my, make a noise. Praise the Lord. I apologize. Uh, you did not take authority in that situation. And I'm like, oh, so, so I took authority and had, uh, got the opportunity to minister again. And man, the, what the Lord had put on my heart just came right back and flowed out like a river. Wonderful situation. Well, the, 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 in other words, there were, uh, not wrestling against flesh and blood, but, uh, principalities, powers of rulers of the darkness of this world. Sometimes it's that way, but not every time because there's another situation I was going and, uh, you know, I thought, right, this is the key, I thought. So it didn't really come out of my heart. It was coming out of my head. I thought, you know what, you better take authority. <laughs> so I took authority and um, things didn't go so well. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it just wasn't, 
I just knew in my heart it didn't uh, things didn't happen. And so after I was uh, in that situation, I sought the Lord about it. I'm like, Lord, what was that? I took my authority. And just like a, a knowing on the inside, I'm not saying like a, a voice, uh, like God didn't speak to me with the autumn voice, and most of the time he doesn't speak that way. Um, so we kind of make a mistake when we say God said to me, when God didn't really say to you, it's really, uh, I like Bible terms the best. Paul said, I perceive, right? So we perceive things. We have um, a perception that this is what it is. So <laughs> when I turned to the Lord, he said, in this inward perception, he said, uh, that was just the flesh. <laughs> so I was like, oh. So sometimes we try to make it things that it's not. And really the life of uh, trusting God or what we call a life of faith is a life that is totally reliant upon God. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So it's not a faith you used to have. It's not a faith that you're thinking of, oh, in the future I'm going to trust God this way. No, it's like right now in this situation, turn your heart to God. Uh, today, turn to God. Uh, in this thing, turn to God. Uh, and don't, don't allow your, your flesh or just, you know, sometimes uh, you just want to be upset. And you just want to like, Tell somebody what you really think, you know, <laughs> what you think you really think. That's called the unrenewed mind. You, you haven't let that uh, part of yourself uh, uh, yield to what the Word of God says. And uh, you don't get the, the will of God. The Bible says actually, you know, you have strife and contention like that. that the, you're guaranteed that you will not get the will of God in that situation. And so um, God is love and we are to walk in love. But as we said last week, Walking in love is not a product of our disciplined life. So the way that I walk in love is not because, okay, I'm studying 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, kind of from a natural way of thinking. Okay, uh, love is patient, so I'm going to be patient. Uh, love is kind, so I'm going to be kind. Well, that's good, but really the spring from which these things flow is from your heart. Because uh, Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God has been poured in more than enough into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And if that love is in there from the Holy Spirit, if you let that love flow through you, then instead of you trying to produce it, you realize, wait a second, this is a product that comes from God. He is love. And so if I just look to the inside and let this love uh, dominate me or let this love make the decision instead of, you know, my flesh wants to do a lot of things, but uh, my wife is very thankful that I don't always let my flesh dominate me, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm far from perfect, so sometimes I do that. <laughs> um, but I am much more fun to be around and to live with when I don't let my flesh dominate me and I don't let my mind that hasn't been changed by what God has said in his word dominate me, but I let my spirit dominate me. That's the place we've become one with him. And so from that place, in any situation, First uh, Corinthians 13 verse 8 says, love, this kind of love, agape love, God's love, never fails. So this kind of love doesn't know failure. Uh, this uh, marriage with this kind of love will never have a divorce 
will never uh, go into like arbitration, trying to figure out who, how we're going to divide this stuff. What are we going to do? Uh, a marriage dominated by this kind of love or a marriage where both the husband and the wife make a conscious decision. I'm not going to be selfish in this. Like uh, uh, Weiss translation says this in 1 Corinthians uh, 13 2. Weiss says, uh, a love that impels one to deny himself for the sake of the one loved. In other words, in marriage or any other relationship, I'm not in this for what I can get out of you to me. I'm it for what I can take from what's in me that God has given me, and I'm going to yield myself over, and I'm going to give that. So I'm not going to take and just think, well, I want this, I want this, I want this. If I'm doing that, I know immediately I'm not letting God work through me. And so it's not something that we have to labor and labor and labor and try to produce this and this and this and this and this. That actually gets right back into what Jesus came to set us free from, which is what, what the Bible calls works. That you're trying to produce um, a rapport with God. Or you're trying to get God to like you because you do enough good things. Or, okay, he said to do this, so I'm going to do this, 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 and this. No, he did say to walk in love. But the power to walk in love originates in God and flows in and through us and comes out of us. And then, like you can say, like Paul said, it is no longer I that live, but it is Christ that lives in me. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if anyone or any man, that's any person, mankind, be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things have passed away, behold, behold all things have become new. Think about the first part of that verse for a second. If anyone be in Christ, uh, he, he's a new creature. So sometimes we'll, we'll be like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm brand new. I, I'm a new kind of being. Or we'll know like, wait a minute, uh, I, I have the favor of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. But sometimes uh, our flesh will forget the in Christ part. So we're just focused on, wow, like look how amazing I am. Well, really apart from Christ, you're not that amazing and I'm not that amazing. But in our union with him, he is the vine and we are the branches. And in that union, the same life that flows through him flows through us and supplies everything that we, the branches, need in order to produce fruit. So he wants to produce fruit, but the fruit is produced through the believers who live their life in him and let him live his life in them. Remember Jesus said in John 15, 7, if you live in me and my words live in you or find their life's expression in you, you'll ask whatever you want and it'll be done, right? Because why? God's life is uh, enabled to flow and bless all of mankind because of one person who has decided they're going to let him live in them. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. So when I was studying this week, praying, spending some time with the Lord, uh, you know, which I, of course, do every day, but uh, this particular day, it came up in my spirit, what are you? In other words, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, or I am a new creature, or any of, you know, there's like 132, depending on how you count it, to 134 things that the Bible says that our union with Christ has made us to become, right? Well, uh, number one, you have to understand who you are in Christ. 
But number two, almost maybe more important than understanding what you've become, is how did you get to be that way? How did you get to be that way? What do I mean by that? Well, how did you get to be the righteousness of God? What was the price paid? And that's where we go back. Jesus on the cross, he took the way I got to be that way and the way you got to be that way is because every bad thing that you were, Jesus lifted off of you on the cross, took it on himself uh, and took the penalty for it and went to hell and defeated it in every single point. And uh, what Romans chapter four actually tells us, I believe it's verse 25, Romans 4.25 says that once Jesus was declared, once we were declared righteous, God raised Christ from the dead, but not until then. So what did he have? Well, he had the sins and the pattern or the nature to sin of every human being on himself, and he paid the price for all of that. And once every point of access of that nature, of the penalty for that nature that we would have, once every single point of that price was paid, God said, that is enough. And he raised him from the dead once we were declared righteous. So in other words, you don't have a special sin or a special problem that Jesus didn't pay the price for already because until all of those things were taken care of, no matter what you could come up with or the devil could come up with, whenever that was all taken care of, that's when Christ rose from the dead. God raised him from the dead then, righteous and holy, so that we could be righteous and holy. That's when we were declared that way. So number one, you have to know who you are in Christ. But number two, how did you get to be that way? So it's not about you. It's not because you're so amazing in all of your works and effort. Uh, Hebrews chapter four says uh, that we're supposed to labor or work to enter into rest. And really, if you study that out, it's the rest of faith. It's the rest of, you know what? I'm just going to live by my trust in God. I'm going to look to him and that place, there is full joy in that place. You're not full of worry in that place. You don't have to try to produce something and work at it. You just simply look to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, you're going to have your way in this situation. Even though my mind would tell me everything's going to fall apart, your love never fails. And so I'm going to let your love dominate in this situation, even though my mind would maybe tell me that's not going to work. Uh, it's not going to be successful. That relationship is done. It's over. Those kids will never talk to you again. Uh, those coworkers, they've written you off. Your boss wants nothing to do with you. They're going to fire you, man. You, you let the love of God flow through you. And then you're not giving Uh, limitations to what God can do, but actually you've taken the lid off and his love can penetrate the hardest soul. And uh, through his word and through love, uh, Jeremiah actually said that the word of God will break the stony rocks into pieces. And so when you bring his word of love into, into the situation, it will defeat all the power of the enemy and all the power of flesh. Praise the Lord. It is The word of God is good news. You will know the truth uh, and the, the truth will set you free and you'll be free. The life uh, of trusting God is a life of true freedom and that where you can just be full of joy. You can be a, a blessing to your family, to your coworkers, to your enemies. Uh, you, you'll be like, unlike any other worldly person, uh, you'll actually be like God. And it, it is 
awesome that he has uh, made it this way, that he loves us this much. He paid the price. He loves you, uh, and he loves you today. Amen. Well, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, you don't have a relationship with him, well, the Bible says that you must be born again. Jesus uh, told a religious person, uh, who didn't know much about relationship, but they kind of knew a bunch of rules or things that they uh, thought that you needed to do in order to get close to God. And he told this man, he said, um, you have to be reborn or you have to be born from above. And uh, that man was thinking naturally, trying to live naturally. And so he's like, you mean I got to go back into my mother and be born again? He's like, no, no, no. This is from heaven. This is something only God could do, not that man could do. And so if you're going to become a part of the family of God, if you're going to uh, become a member with God and with Christ, you're going to go to heaven. You must receive him. As many as received him, to them he gave the power to be the sons and daughters of God, to be a part of the family of God. It's not because of things that we do that we get access to God or that we get to live with him in heaven. It's because of what Jesus did. It's because of his life that he gave up and took, uh, like we said in Romans, he took our sins from us. He removed them, lifted them off so that we wouldn't have to have them because of love, because he loved us so much. He loved you so much that he did this. And so the way that you become a part of the family of God is you believe that God did that with Jesus, that all of your sins, all of mankind's sins were put on him and that he took them away from you and from me to make us right with him and then that God raised him from the dead and you believe that and then you declare, you make a decision from your heart and you say, you know what, I believe that and I want Jesus to be in charge of my life. I want him to be the Lord of my life. If you do that, the Bible says you will be saved. So I'm going to pray a prayer in just a second. And if you believe in your heart what I'm going to say, and you can repeat after me, and you repeat after me from your heart, and when, as soon as we're finished, you will be saved. So I want you right now, I want you to look at your life, consider your life. What's the outcome of the direction that your life is headed right now? If you continue living this way, if you continue doing these, uh, what's going to happen uh, at the end of your life? Where will you be? Consider your life. I don't want you to make a decision to turn to Jesus. In about five seconds, I'm going to clap my hands. And when I do, I want you to just, from your heart, make a decision. Uh, don't be, get uh, distracted with all the thoughts that will bombard your mind. But you know in your heart, the same place that you'd forgive someone from your heart if you did something to offend them, that's the same place that you decide, hmm, I want Jesus. I'm going to turn my life over to him. Ready? One, two, three. All right, I'm going to pray. Repeat after me. Say, oh God, oh God. I come to you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross to take away my sins. And that you raised him from the dead. And I take him right now as my Lord, as my Savior. I have decided I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for you every day. I thank you that I am now your child. 
a part of your family. In Jesus' name. Amen.